It's really about the communities coming together. We're doing health screenings. Anyone with abnormal readings will be followed by a community health worker. Mental health is something that we heard from every single community that we've gone to. We also take a look at social isolation and loneliness. It's the clinicians in the communities coming together, and and it really does give everyone a sense of purpose. This is Kathy Driscoll, Chief Nursing Officer at Humana. Welcome to The Voice of Humana Nurses, a podcast about clinicians committed to improving lives. Join me, other nurses from Humana, and special guests as we discuss topics nurses care about. Hello, everyone. In today's episode, we'll be focusing on talking about Humana's bold goal to help improve the health of the communities we serve 20% by 2020 and beyond by making it easier for people to achieve their best health. In particular, we'll discuss what Humana is doing to help address social determinants of health related to social needs that are prevalent in our communities. With me today, we have Angie Wolf, who's director on the Bold Goal team, and Leslie Newton, market development professional for the Kansas City area Bold Goal. And both Angie and Leslie are nurses, and they play really important roles in the Bold Goal work. So welcome to the voice of Humana Nurses, Angie and Leslie. Thanks for being my guests today. As we typically do in our podcasts, we like to get to know our guests a little bit before we dig deeply into the topic of discussion. So Angie, let's start with you. Tell us a little bit about you. Sure. I've been at Humana for almost 15 years now. Uh, I joined as a commercial case manager. I was an ER nurse um, before coming to Humana. I am on the Bold Goal team. I've been there about four years, and um, it's it's absolutely, I've, I've found my, my passion for sure. Um, I am married. My husband works for Humana as well, and we have two kids. We're almost empty nesters. They will both be uh, away at college this fall, so it's a super exciting time. And another role that you have that's so important, and I want to thank you for, is being a member of our Nurse Advisory Council. Um, Angie is a very influential member and a very hardworking member, so thank you for that as well. Thank you. Leslie, why don't you tell us a little bit about you? Well, I have been a registered nurse for a little over 10 years. Much of my nursing career has been in public health, but I've also worked in occupational health and hospice. I've been in the population health department at Humana for almost four years. I'm a wife and mother of three children, and am currently pursuing my master's degree in population health management at Johns Hopkins. That's awesome, and what a place to do it. Amazing, and congratulations on that. Thank you. So Angie, our bold goal is so inspiring, 20% healthier by 2020 and beyond. And I think it's especially meaningful to our clinician population. Our studies consistently show that uh, nurses, social workers, and other clinicians really are tied to purpose. And what better purpose, what better meaning that we can have than our bold goal? Can you share a little bit more about the work? Sure. Our bold goal, um, our CEO, Bruce Broussard, challenged us in 2014 to, to set this bold goal and, and really gave us this aspirational just goal to shoot for. And so we, we launched San Antonio, our very first bold goal community in 2015, um, and we launched with seven different markets. And we currently have 11 bold goal markets. So we've expanded. And, and really, um, that 2020 and beyond that you spoke about, Kathy, it's, it's really about 
we can do this population health work everywhere. You don't have to be a bold goal market to do this population health work. And so it's really about the communities coming together. So it's it's not Humana going in and, and doing this work in a community. It's all the communities coming together. And, and that includes the, the clinicians in the communities coming together. And, and it really does give everyone a sense of purpose. Yeah, I was a visiting nurse for a long time, spent a lot of time in underserved um, communities with underserved populations and the importance of family, community, all of the connections and having local resources just can't be emphasized enough. So, so when we think about the bold goal, what's the primary purpose, would you say? What's the primary focus? Yeah, so when we first started this work, um, we really wanted to understand, of, of course, we listened to the voice of the community. We listened to what's happening in the community. What's the, what are the primary um, barriers that are impacting the, the community health? But we, we looked at our claims data. We looked at the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation data, and we identified, you know, we use healthy days as a way to measure. And so we identified what were the social determinants of health that most impacted healthy days, that, that most impacted the, the health. And so those things are food insecurity, social isolation and loneliness, and then, you know, some other social determinants like transportation. They, they don't exist in a vacuum. They, they all kind of go hand in hand with each other. And then we're also focusing on chronic conditions such as diabetes and then depression. Um, mental health is something that we heard from every single community that we've gone to. And so those are the areas that, that we focus on. Those are really important areas. Um, and how about talking a little bit about the impacts that we're making on some of those social determinants of health? Yeah, so we, um, with food insecurity and social isolation and loneliness, those are those are our two main focuses, as I said. And, um, you know, things like we're making impacts like getting people to those food banks, getting them to their resources, getting people connected to those SNAP benefits, um, because it's, it's such a hard world to navigate, not only your health, but then adding on those social barriers. And so, um, you know, we're getting people connected to those resources. We're getting people connected through pilots like PAPA in our Florida market, where we're getting them connected to people, um, our Medicare seniors, so that they have that person um, that's coming in and visiting with them so that they're not lonely and, and they're, it's really making an impact. Um, our team is working, they're working with nonprofit organizations, with government, with business leaders, as well as physicians, clinicians, and then hospital systems. And what they do is they really come together and convene and they co-create these solutions to address the social determinants of health and the health-related social needs that are unique to their community. And I think that's one of the keys is that um, each of these needs is, you know, the communities are very similar, but they're each unique and that they have their own kind of needs. Um, and so we have we have teams in 11 different markets and it's it's those teams like um, all of the, the communities and the clinicians and the physicians coming together. That's great. So we can take that um, expression, it takes a village and say it really takes a community. Absolutely. So speaking of communities and some of the local markets, let's bring you into the conversation, Leslie. You're in our Kansas City Bowl Goal Market. Can you uh, shed some light on what we're doing in that particular community? Sure. We've actually been doing population health work in the central region since 2015. However, Kansas City became a bold goal market in 2017. So we have a lot of different projects that we're working on in many different stages, and so I could probably go on about all of them because it's, I'm very passionate about the work we're doing and the work we're planning, um, but I can limit it down for you if you'd like me to. 
Sure. I, I wish we had an hour or even two or three hours for this conversation because I really connect with it um, at heart. I am a community health worker and, you know, really, really connect with this work. But I think our listeners, uh, maybe we can bring you back again. But um, let's for starters, why don't you just highlight a few of the initiatives you have going on right now? Sure. So we have one that's a veteran social isolation project where we have partnered with the students at the Kansas City Art Institute. Those students have interviewed 14 veterans from all branches of service, and they span across the many different conflicts. The students then created portraits in all different mediums of the veterans and cut down those interview recordings to about one to two minutes each. The portraits will be on display as an art exhibit where someone can walk up take a look at the portrait, scan a code, and listen to that veteran's personal story about social isolation and loneliness. So that will be a traveling art exhibit that will go around the country to different conferences and different uh, Humana offices as well. We also have another pilot we're working on. It's our Barbershop and Beauty Salon More Healthy Days Tour. We're partnering with the Black Healthcare Coalition and going into barber and beauty salons in the Kansas City area and doing health screenings such as lipid panels, blood pressure, and glucose. We are also screening for food insecurity, social isolation, and healthy days, and making sure that everyone screened has a health home and payer source. Anyone with abnormal readings or concerns will be followed by a community health worker or a nurse case manager through the Black Healthcare Coalition. And then one last project we're working on, um, we actually began training physician groups and community partners last year on screening for food insecurity. And so the 17 Kansas City metro area YMCAs began screening for food insecurity this year. And because of the high number of positive screenings, the North Kansas City YMCA saw a need to start an on-site food pantry for not only its members, but for the community as a whole. So now Humana is partnering with the YMCA to make sure that that pantry stays stocked and is able to provide fresh, nutritious foods to those in need in that community. Wow, those are some really creative examples. Thank you for sharing and uh, would love to hear about the traveling art exhibit. Um, Would love to see that. Um, Just, you know. Awesome ideas. And um, Angie, how, how are we measuring success? How are we measuring the impact we might be making? Yeah, we so we use a tool. It's it's a CDC tool. It's been around for about three decades, and you've probably been asked this question before of, of tell me about your healthy days. And so healthy days is, is how we're measuring our, our bold goal progress. Um, and we measure that with, with every pilot that we do. Um, we ask those questions and incorporate those. And, and the great news is that in our bold goal markets, um, where we're measuring healthy days, they continue to outperform our non-bold goal markets, meaning that our the, the people in the community, um, our members in those communities, have more healthy days than their you know than their um, non-bold goal markets. So it's it's a great tool. It's been trusted for over three decades, and it's um, it's something that that we use. It's simple and it's highly validated. So um, I think it's a great choice to to start with. So we've talked about some of these really creative pilots or solutions in the bold goal markets, um, but food insecurity, social isolation exist in every community and every state. 
Are we doing anything outside of our 11 Bowl Goal communities? Absolutely. So just a few examples. Um, We actually had a team member in Charlotte, North Carolina yesterday. We've been partnering with Atrium Health Systems there, and they're actually using the social isolation predictive model um, to address those people who fall outside of the case management from the hospital system and from our case management systems. And so we want to catch those people who are severely isolated and lonely. And so they're doing a pilot it with that Charlotte atrium system. And we actually um, also are doing some farmers markets and some community gardens in some of the different areas. And And the really cool thing is that people are inspired by this, like you said. And so a, a group of associates in Daytona um, actually helped put this community garden together because they were inspired by the, the work of the Bold Goal. In Mississippi, um, there, you know, that's not one of our Bold Goal markets, but we are working together with a team there for the farmers markets. And so um, it just keeps growing. I, I, like Leslie could talk about all these examples. And, it, and it's really cool because, again, you don't have to be in a bold goal market. You can do this population health work. And, and many of us as nurses have, have done this community health work as, as part of our, our roles already. Yeah. So there's a lot that we all can do. I remember last year, our nurse advisory council did volunteer work with the Peterson Garden Center in the Chicago area. And it was all about urban gardens. And I was looking up a reference to that not long ago. And I love their mission statement because they talk about, you know, it's not just learning to garden and the food is donated uh, fresh produce to pantries, but it's also learning about how to come together as a community and support one another. And I think that, you know, that's the foundation of the bold goal work too. Awesome. So why is it important, do you think, for our clinical folks, for our nurses and social workers and social service professionals to know and care about social determinants of health? And I'll preface that by saying I think a lot of people know about it because we are, I think, the clinical groups that look most holistically at our members, at our patients, at our communities. But maybe you can go a little more deeply there. We know that social determinants of health, such as social isolation and food insecurity, can have huge impacts on cost of care, as well as medication adherence and hospital readmissions. One in eight Americans are food insecure, and in some communities, that number is even higher. So if a person has to make choices between paying for food or paying for medicine, we know that person's health is going to be negatively impacted. So, and being socially isolated is equivalent to smoking 15 cigarettes a day. So addressing these social determinants of health can truly have quite an impact on a member's health. Yeah, those are really shocking statistics and and really kind of get it right out there, the importance of addressing these issues. And, you know, as nurses, part of our foundational pledge is for health equity and social justice. So I think, you know, that's why one of the reasons why the bold goal is, is such a purposeful thing for us and, and, you know, amazing statistics there. So, you know, both internally at Humana and externally in our communities, I think our, our nurses are playing roles in supporting the efforts around um, addressing social determinants of health. Can you give us some examples of that specifically with our nursing population? 
Sure. So in our South Florida market, um, Tara and, and her team are actually, since February of 2018, have been have incorporated social determinant of health screenings into their standalone survey in CGX. And so um, I actually just chatted with her this morning to say, how many have you done? They've done over 50,000 screenings wow. since February 2018. And so it's just um, a fantastic way that, that they're really connecting with those members and addressing those, those social barriers to health. Leslie, did you, you had an example as well. Yes, our HSO nurse case managers have also began screening for food insecurity, social isolation, and healthy days, and they began that in January of this year, and then they refer those members to our social workers for additional assistance. And then externally, we are actually partnering with nursing schools to assist in our more healthy days tour to do screenings at those beauty and barber salons. I think some of the challenges that we have um, post-screening is connecting with resources, too. You talked about that in the beginning of our chat. You know, sometimes people have entitlements that they're not leveraging or they can't complete the application or there's a waiting list. So I think this is also a way where um, we really can partner with our social workers, our social service professionals, and, and really, as we think about integrated care delivery, I think that's a great example too. So how can our nurses who aren't on your team get invo- involved in supporting bold goal efforts, both internally in Humana or externally in their own communities? Sure. So I'll talk about ways um, I would encourage anyone, any associate, um, especially nurses, go check out the Bold Goal site. Go to go slash Bold Goal. Check that out. If you're in a Bold Goal community, get involved in the Associate Connections Councils. Get involved in your NRGs. Um, you know, there's resources on on the website. There's the food insecurity toolkits that you can share with the physicians and the offices that you're working with. There are there's the social isolation resource guide that you can share with members to help them get out and know how to get involved in their communities. Um, and then and then just find and you guys probably get tired of hearing me say this if you've ever heard me say it. Just find that thing that you're passionate about, whether it's helping at a food bank or helping at a, at a food pantry or, you know, any of those things. And um, Leslie, I know you've got some some other ways that you've you and your the, the team of nurses in Kansas are, are involved. I mean, I would really echo what you said. We do have nurses that are engaged in our Associate Connections Council, and they're very involved in the different activities that we do um, here on site with our associates, as well as volunteering activities off-site, so making sure that they stay engaged in that. And then, you know, our SharePoint site has many different resources that can be utilized for both internal and external use, so really using those resources. I think are all great ways. Those are great examples. And I think we often talk about so many of our nursing population work at home or work in the field. So this might also be another way to engage with people that you only know virtually in your community to get together around shared passions and, and volunteer activities there. So I want Angie and Leslie, thank you so much for being my guests today. Um, I really am so proud to work for a company that has a bold goal like we do. Um, And, you know, as I said earlier, when I worked at community health, worked as a visiting nurse, worked in home care and care management, it was very clear to me that simply giving somebody a medication or dressing a wound 
was not going to fully support their health. There's a lot of choices, as you all have pointed out, that people have to make between simple uh, things like having food, getting your child on the, you know, on a bus to go to school or providing the funding for that and being able to take your medications, being able to get to the doctor. It's just so complex and so many choices that people have to make that they really shouldn't have to make in supporting their health. So thank you. I'm so glad that we have nurses on the Bold Goal team. Uh, I think we're really moving the needle and really inspiring all of us at Humana with the good work that's done and the creative solutions there. So thank you so much. And to our listeners, thank you for listening to today's episode. I encourage you to subscribe to our podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, or Google Play by searching the words, The Voice of Humana Nurses. And we'd love to hear from you. So send us an email at chiefnursingofficer at humana.com and give us your comments, your suggestions about topics or people you want to hear about or hear from. So until next time, be well. Be well.